Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it through Thursday's game, and we're going to the two-game slate for the preseason. Betting, props, your DFS. We got it all right here for these two games. Every single player, what is it, 10 pages of notes, 11 pages of notes I have for tonight's game. For every single player that is meaningful, that took a snap last week or might take a snap this week at any skilled position for the offensive side of the ball, the routes run. Their overall snaps, their usage from last week, where they were used, slot action, deep targets, whatever it might be, you're going to be as informed as you possibly can be for a preseason slate. So let's get into it. And since it's not a showdown slate, we can actually analyze the positions because you have to roster a tight end and a quarterback. And that's going to make it a lot more fun to discuss and straightforward. So starting with the quarterbacks, let's discuss Patrick Mahomes because there has been some analysis out there that I think is a little bit far-fetched. Look, Andy Reid last week said the starters are going to play a full quarter. And Patrick Mahomes went out there for four snaps. He played one drive. Okay, so not a full quarter by any means. He could have played two to three drives. And then at practice on Wednesday, he said, yes, the starters are going to play the full first half. So I don't believe it yet again. Four snaps again for Mahomes on week one. Now, I take this as Mahomes is probably going to play two to anywhere to four drives. So that does put Patrick Mahomes in play on a slate with just two games. But don't get all crazy and jump up and down about it. I'm not shocked to see him play two quarters since that's what the head coach said. I would be a little bit surprised, though. I'm expecting about two drives here, probably somewhere between six to eight pass attempts at most for Mahomes. Keeps him in play. But maybe my favorite quarterback is going to be Chris Strievler. And just like last week for Arizona, Kyler Murray's not playing this week, so they'll only roster two quarterbacks. Colton McCoy, who was not good, just seven attempts. And then Chris Strievler, who played 48 of the 70 snaps. And not only did he see good volume passing the ball, 24 attempts, but it was mainly the rushing upside. And we knew this coming into the game as he had success in college as a rusher he had 10 rushing attempts last week and that ended up resulting in 55 rushing yards which for a two-game slate i mean if you're going to put up 50 rushing yards that puts you in a different level of reliability for any of these contests so chris Strebler looks like my favorite option mahomes obviously the high upside but also the high risk and if you're looking for anybody else here joe burrow's not playing again for the bengals the bengals in week one their quarterbacks were not so good brandon allen ended up playing 28 snaps and kyler Shermer did play 43 snaps but in that game eric dungy did not play for an undisclosed reason so if dungy plays this week I don't want anything to do with these guys. If Dungy doesn't play, expect Shermer to see most of the second half against Scrubs again, and he can be in play. Steven Montez, if you're looking for anybody from Washington, we haven't gotten exact word from the Washington football team what they're doing with their starters yet. I expect them to play about a quarter again. Last week, Montez played basically the whole second half, 49.4% of the snaps in that game you saw 24 times added 14 rushing yards so as of right now he looks like the third best quarterback option with chris strievler seeming to be my favorite now quarterback's pretty cut and dry kind of easy we know the starters probably don't play that much unless told otherwise and can rely on that information unlike andy reed's information but other positions it's going to be deeper like the running back position which we can slide into in all of these positions for every single slate in the preseason the showdowns the saturday the sunday bigger slates monday this week this slate i'll have my tiers i'll have notes so i have 11 pages just for these two games these four teams and i'll have tiers for every single position in terms of what i think is the best overall play week one was pretty nice about five grand in profit for myself between props and dfs let's slide into week two now and see what we can do in the running back position it's it's a handful of guys about six guys i've written down here that i think are firmly in play three more so than others the first one is jared patterson this one might seem like the obvious answer to people who are paying close attention last week jared patterson played very well for this washington football team he ended up seeing a team high 27 snaps for the running backs he ended up having a team high 10 attempts 10 rushing attempts for 40 yards 
Nothing great on the ground, but you know, average. But the big thing was all the snaps that he played ended up leading to 17 routes run for a running back in a preseason game. That's fantastic. That led to four catches on four targets for 30 yards. And also the Washington football team released veteran running back Lamar Miller this past week. He played 14 snaps in this game. He ran eight routes and ended up having three catches. You saw three attempts, so six opportunities and six touches. Lamar Miller had last week on 14 opportunities. They're now gone. This running back backfield is now shortened even more for more second-half opportunity for Patterson. Look, you're going to probably see for two drives out there Antonio Gibson. Probably see for two drives J.D. McKissick. And after that, it's Peyton Barber, only played 11 snaps last week. Jonathan Williams, who I do think is in play, but only played nine snaps last week, ended up just being very efficient, saw five targets, had four catches. So if you're looking at Jonathan Williams' game logs and what he did last week, he only ran five routes last week and saw four targets on those an 80 percent target rate when the nfl average is like 18 to 20 percent on your routes run it's not going to withstand right so the biggest winner here with lamar miller gone is going to be one jared patterson and then two jonathan williams both are in play patterson way more of a priority for me and then we can go to another backfield that is thin on running backs look when you're looking at the preseason there can be one or two solid running backs in a backfield but if five guys are going to get touches it's not that beneficial but if we're looking at a backfield that we can see right now there's potentially only going to be two to three running backs active for this game or seeing majority of the touches. Cincinnati's not expected to play starters all that much. We're expecting one to two drives. So Joe Mixon plays one to two drives. And then you see the second quarter go to back up Samaji Pirine. And then third stringer, Trevion Williams, who's been injured, unfortunately never got to play in 2019 preseason because he was injured. He's not playing in this game. He missed week one. He has a hamstring injury. He's missing week two. So there's three running backs. And then there's only three other running backs on this Bengals depth chart. There is Jaquez Patrick, who played in the XFL, if you remember him. There is Puka Williams, who didn't play last week. And right now I'm not projecting him to play. And then there's the rookie out of Michigan, Chris Evans. So there's basically two running backs left here to potentially see touches. Both those guys are, I would say, priorities for me. Jockeys Patrick, who was more of this bigger plotter back, had some hands in the XFL. Last week, he had a team-high 15 rushing attempts on 30 snaps. He was decent, 50 for 71. He ran 10 routes as well, so there's some usage there, and he saw a target. That's good to see. Chris Evans, the rookie who they have more invested in, probably higher on the depth chart than Jockeys Patrick. But he saw 33 snaps last week, led all the running backs, had 12 rushing attempts for 25 yards. Not great, but he did score a touchdown. But he did lead the running backs with 14 routes run. Again, he was involved here. Those 14 routes led to four targets, four catches for 33 yards. So those are the guys who stand out early for me. Other people in play. If you believe the Andy Reid hype here, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire should be in play. If you think that he's going to play a full half, I think he plays a quarter. But even in two to three drives out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, there's some upside there for him, of course. And then the Arizona backfield is interesting, but there is a caveat here if James... Connor was to play. Connor missed last week because he was on the COVID list. He's now off the COVID list and has the potential to play in this game, which would probably take somewhere around eight to 10 snaps away from some of these other running backs. Edmonds week one saw 11 snaps. He ended up seeing just four opportunities, but there was no Connor. So what you saw was a lot of usage out of Jonathan Ward, who saw 23 snaps and Eno Benjamin, who saw 19. We were expecting more passing game usage out of Benjamin. He had that role in the past. Five attempts, five rushes, 50 yards and a touchdown, so good on the ground, but only saw eight routes run and no targets. So Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward are in play yet again for me. Jonathan Ward did run 10 routes. He did see three targets, three receptions. On the ground, he had six rushing attempts, so a lot of usage there. So those two running backs are also in play. I would prefer the guys in the Bengals backfield because we already know Travion Williams is out, and we already saw last week Puka Williams didn't play, so they're just down bodies at this point. But that's about four to five running backs that I think are firmly in play. Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Williams, other options that are in a player pool for me at running back.
back. And now before we keep going into wide receivers and tight ends, I want to let you know about the sponsor of the program today. And that is going to be Superdraft. Superdraft has been a partner of ours for basically two years now, since October of 2019. So about two years at this point. And I like Superdraft a lot. And the main reason why I'm going to like Superdraft, and you can see this is their contest. I'm recording this on Thursday. So before Thursday starts, but they're going to have contests that have a couple thousand dollars in guaranteed prizes, but it's going to be your best edge to build a bankroll and to actually win. So what I've been watching from these NFL preseason contests is they fill it about a 30% clip right now. This is really early, but even so only 15 people out of 175, nowhere near filling. It's like 6%. It's early, but this is only going to fill at probably 60 to 70%, but they have to guarantee the entire prize pool. Say only 150 people enter this. The other 25 people that don't enter the website has to pay for their entries. So you're versing less people. All those lineups take zeros. You're versing less people for the same amount of money, meaning that you're automatically beating a certain percentage of the entry pool. So let's just say that it fills tonight at a total of 60%. Just by entering a lineup, even if your lineup scores one point, which is going to score more than one, you beat 40% of the field, right? And that's what's happening right now in a lot of their contests because it's a smaller site. I promote it. Not that many people promote it, but if you're in a Discord, you know about it. People have a lot of success in the Discord with Superdraft from NBA to people still playing in there for MLB right now. And now the NFL is here. So I want to let you know about it and you can do so down below. They're a partner of ours. If you want a free $25 to play with, you can use the code SAL upon your first deposit. You use that code SAL. They give you $25 to play with. You get in some contests. Again, they're not going to fill your best option in DFS tonight and probably even player props included to actually win money is here. If it only fills at 60 or 70%, you're beating 30 to 40% of the prize pool. You'll never do that anywhere else. DraftKings, you're lucky if 1% of the contests don't fill. Very lucky, right? 30 to 40% is what we've basically been seeing in the preseason so far. Check it out. Use that code SAL. Get a free FREE free. $25 because why wouldn't you? So we slide into the receivers and we'll get into the player prop shortly here. So from the receivers, we got to talk about Tyreek Hill. I mean, he played eight snaps last week. He ran only five routes and had a target. If he sees double that usage and runs 10 routes, Tyreek Hill running 10 routes in the preseason when a lot of other guys you're playing are running 15 or 16, those 10 routes out of Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes is very valuable. So Tyreek Hill firmly in play if we expect him to run 10 to 12 routes, if not more. Same things can be said from Nicole Harmon. So we'll get that out of the way to start. The next guy I want to talk about is somebody who ran the most routes last week, a team high 21 routes run for the Washington football team. You saw four targets, all of them from the slot. He played with Zach Wilson at BYU last year and is a seventh round pick this year for the Washington football team. That is Dax Milne. Now, Dax Milne's 29 snaps last week were great, and he's getting hyped by Ron Rivera in camp. He started with the third team. Now he's on the second team, seeing some first team reps. So he's on the actual roster bubble. They probably want to see stuff out of him, and that's why he led this team last week in routes run. So he's firmly in play for me. Don't expect big play upside out of the slot for an underneath receiver for the most part. But if you're going to see four or five targets in the second half of the games, three receptions for 30 yards. That's not bad by any means. Next up for me, for the Arizona Cardinals, we got three receivers that stand out. And I'll talk about the one that you probably don't know about first. Andre Bacicelli, I believe it is, a fellow Italiano potentially. He played 67.6% of the snaps last week. 67.6. I mean, that's like NFL regular season usage. That's good to see. He ran 25 routes, five targets. Now he only had two catches for 14 yards, but it was great to see that usage has to be in play for me. You factor in that last week, a couple of guys didn't play. Antonio Wesley, Alivo Hifo, I don't think he's going to play. Just track that news. We'll update all of this stuff in our tiers. Again, I'm recording this on Thursday. We're going to get some more information before the Friday games. I might go live, just track the status of the channel for an hour before lock. Otherwise, all the information we can have in the Discord if you're in there or in the tiers. The next Arizona Cardinals wide receiver would be Keyshawn Johnson, who in 2019 preseason balled the hell out. He led this team in routes run, targets, receptions, all that. And he looked pretty good in the first week of preseason this week because he played 75.7. 
75.7% of the snaps. There was no AJ Green. There was no DeAndre Hopkins. They're not expecting either to play yet again this week. And he ran a team high 28 routes, only saw three targets. Again, the usage last week, if he sees three targets, catches two of them for 50 yards, he's going to be massively owned. These guys are not going to be massively owned because they didn't produce, but they were getting all the usage and I expect it to happen again. A guy who will be massively owned, the third Cardinal that we're talking about, is Rondell Moore, who has a rookie second round pick, played 23 snaps in week one. He had two carries in that game. He saw a couple of targets, 16 rushing yards in the game on two design runs. On his 11 routes run, he saw four targets, three of them from the slot, had a couple of receptions. So Rondell Moore is probably going to be highly owned. And I expect 20 snaps or so, 10 routes run, a couple of touches, three or four from Rondell Moore again. He's firmly in play because we can expect these touches out of him. But just keep in mind, if Rondell Moore in tournaments, everybody wants to play him now because of how he was used last week. It's not like he was winning you tournaments last week. I mean, Rondell Moore last week ended up getting you, what, five fantasy points or so that's not winning you tournaments especially on a massive slate like that one was but now also a two-game slate like this one is so the guaranteed opportunity possesses upside because there's always a chance of touchdowns or big plays for a dynamic player but most of his touches were on the underneath so he's in play but i just want to let you know that most people are just going to say play rondell more he's he's a great talent but everything was underneath even if he has five touches which would be great five carries and or receptions if he's only averaging on those seven to 10 yards, it's not really going to be putting you in a coffin if you don't play him. And if he's massively owned, that can be a concern, of course. Another rookie who saw a lot of snaps last week, Washington football team, Diami Brown, saw 25 snaps, ran 16 routes, had four targets, only caught two balls for 16 yards. So I think he can have some other upsides as well as people love playing rookies. They know his name from just the NFL draft. And if you follow draft analysis or dynasty, you probably know about him already. So he's also in play. He has big play upside downfield. I like Diami Brown. He's not as much of a standout as some of the other names that we've mentioned already, but in play. Antonio Gandy Golden would be somebody that I think is a little bit more appealing because he got more usage. 27 snaps last week, 17 routes run, only saw one target, bigger bodied receiver on the outside, went to a small school, second year player on the roster bubble. I like Antonio Gandy Golden as sort of a, a sleeper, lower owned option. And then Steven Sims from Washington will be the final guy I talk about. He ended up playing 25 snaps, also ran 17 routes and saw one target. Similar in terms of Antonio Gandy Golden, I just think he lacks uh, less downfield upside as he's more of an underneath short to intermediate range receiver. And I've got like nine other guys here. Trenton Irwin, he ran the highest snaps in routes last week for the Bengals. 30 snaps as a receiver, had five targets, I believe all out of the slot. So short to intermediate stuff, but that's a good amount of usage. There's guys like Scotty Washington and Stanley Morgan and Darius Fountain for Kansas City and Cornell Powell, their only wide receiver draft pick. Scotty Washington, 14 routes last week. See I'll target from the slot. So these are guys who were involved last week. They're all in play. They'll be in the tiers. They'll move up or down depending on the news we get in this final 20 to 24 hours or so. Check it all out on Patreon down below. Now, as we continue to go, I want to let you know about my bets for this game. These are my player props, and then I'll give you my lines. I've taken a spread on each of the two games, but these are my player props. If you want to tail them or take some other ones, you can get a free $100 bet if you use the code SAL on prize picks, just an over-under player prop site. It's linked down below. I have the under 9.6 points on Patrick Mahomes. Look, he only played four snaps last week when he was supposed to play a quarter. Now he's going to play two quarters, according to Andy Reid. I think that he plays at most four drives. It's very likely he plays two to three drives. I think that you probably see, and he went three and out. That's why it was only four snaps. But I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes here to probably only have six to eight attempts. And on six to eight attempts, Patrick Mahomes can surely score 10 or more fantasy points. But I'll just play the numbers here. If he only sees two or three drives, I'll take the under 9.6 and just hope he doesn't have two touchdown scoring drives or one long run. And I'm just taking all the unders here. Terry McLaurin, I think he plays a quarter. Antonio Gibson, I think he plays a quarter. So if these guys are going to see two drives out there, and if that translates to about six touches for Antonio Gibson, he either needs to have a touchdown, break a long run, or have a couple of receptions, and he wasn't playing on 
on third downs last week, which works in our favor on the under. Terry McLaurin, I mean, he just got the contract. He just got some money. I don't see why you play him a lot in this game. I think just like last week, they play a half a quarter to a quarter, meaning one to two drives. And if Terry McLaurin's out there like he was last week, when he only ran eight routes, and I know he got targeted three times, but he only ran eight routes, I'll take my chances on the under. Even if he has three receptions to pay off 6.3 fantasy points, still has to have a decent yardage on that number. Antonio Gibson last week did see three targets, did run the ball five times. He was heavily used in that first quarter. Those eight opportunities do worry me for the 5.7 fantasy point over under, especially if they can get to the red zone. Again, I'm just relying on the unders here. All the over unders have been bumped up this week on prize picks. Like if that Antonio Gibson number was 4.6, if that Terry McLaurin is 4.8, right? If Patrick Holmes is in the sevens, like those were sort of the numbers we were seeing last week and hitting the overs. Right now, I'm hesitant and I lean the unders there. We can talk about more props in the Discord down below, but also, yeah, use the code Sal, get another free bet up to $100 with those props. You can take those or any others. We'll update any in the Discord as well. So we finished it off with tight ends, and I have to just say, Travis Kelsey, just like we said for the Chiefs receivers, Kelsey last week played on six snaps. He saw a target on four routes run. If Travis Kelsey was to play eight to 12 routes, if Travis Kelsey was to see eight to 12 snaps and routes run at the tight end position on a two game slate in the preseason, he would be the best tight end option. The concern is, does he actually get that usage outside of that? His teammate Noah Gray did nothing last week, but he led every single tight end on this team in snaps with 33 and routes run with 21 only led to one target, but he's a solid pass catcher from college. He's a rookie for them. That'll be another name that I would look at. And then the third tight end on this team in Jordy Fordston, who I correct myself. I said, Noah Gray had the most snaps. He had the most routes. He had 33 snaps. Fordston ended up having 35 snaps had five targets on 17 routes run caught three of those targets for 32 yards he's a former wide receiver if he still has the eligibility on the platform that you're playing for for tight end if it's not kelsey he's probably your next best tight end option jody fortston and now there's other names like john bates who's a rookie who ended up playing 24 snaps ran 12 routes saw a target nice pass catcher ricky seals jones last week had two catches he crushed me i had the under like 2.4 fantasy points or something and he ended up getting a late catch caught two balls for 12 yards 3.2 fantasy points, but Ricky Seals Jones is there. They have these other options, but they're only running 12 routes apiece. When we have Jordy Fortston running 17 as a former receiver, when potentially Travis Kelsey is going to run 10 to 12, it's hard for those guys to compete. There's also Logan Thomas, who's expected to play a quarter. Last week, Logan Thomas ran eight routes in his own right, saw a target on 14 snaps. That's getting pretty close to, okay, this is a starting tight end running about 10 routes. He has to be in play as well. So those are all their names. Demetrius Harris, Mitchell Wilcox, also on my radar. But that's where we're at. Defenses, I'll have them on the tiers. You can check that out. I'm not diving into the defenses all that much just choose the guys versus the worst quarterbacks for the most part but that's where we're at for the friday two games late i appreciate you all tuning in it was a little bit more of an in-depth video than the showdown one because we had more to talk about if there was anything dramatic that came out of this and i didn't cover it is because i'm recording this on thursday so any major news that did not break we will cover it on the potential live stream so just be sure to hit the like button if you're still here i appreciate that support the sponsors of the program today Superdraft, use the code SAL, S-A-L, you get 25 bucks to play with a credit over there. Their contests don't fill. You'll beat 30 to 40% of the prize pool in a lot of their contests just by entering. And then if you want to get some props in, tail some props and that are profiting like $3,000 in week one on player props alone, you want to tail any of my props, if you're in the Discord, whatever it might be, you can use the code SAL, get a free $100 bet to build your bankroll on prize picks. Everything that I just discussed, the tiers, the, the, the 11 pages of game notes for this game, all linked down below. Appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you for the massive 10 games on Saturday, a couple on Sunday, one on Monday. We'll be covering it all here for the preseason, heading right into the end of the preseason then in the regular season content on this channel dropping all the time especially for your season-long leagues check it all out see you all in the next one